Hello, and welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast. We are excited to bring this opportunity back to our listening audience. It's a way for you to learn about the district and meet some of the people you might not regularly meet that work in our schools. I'm Rob Spicker. I am the Assistant Director in the Communications Department and excited to welcome our first guest, the perfect guest, as we bring this uh, series back, our new superintendent, Dr. Ken Savage. Welcome. Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, You're new to the work, new to the job, just in a few weeks. So let's talk about what your goals are as superintendent. What do you want to do in the time that you are in the office? Mm -hmm. Well, Rob, the big issue for me is that uh, I see the role of superintendent as really chief servant uh, that I, I'm here all for our kids. It's so important during this time period that we really refocus on our essential mission. And the essential mission is really making this the very best possible school district we can, specifically for our children. That also means we have to take care of our staff along the way. So it's really important not only to look out for our kids, but to ensure that we're supporting the people who are doing that essential work every single day with every aspect of the organization. I think one of the other ways that I really want to try to assist during this time period is to help be a part of our governance team that can set an example for our children. Uh, the type of board uh, presentations and boardroom uh, meetings that really are something that our community could watch and feel proud of, a level of professionalism and respect uh, that we could really uh, set an example for everyone in the community and show people that we're, we're willing to turn a page and take advantage of this opportunity to, to set a great example for our community and to really uh, show our kids, our teachers, and our schools, and our district staff that, that we're here for them. For those uh, families at home, students, parents, you know, what do you think they should expect from you? I would say full transparency as well as just a service-oriented mindset. I mean, I really work for the children and their families in this community. That, that's who I'm here for. I mean, I'm a parent too, and so I think that I know that kind of personally, that my own kids are, are my why and my wife uh, and a lot of my family. We all work in this field, and so I think uh, it's pretty easy for me to wake up every day knowing that that's what I'm all about uh, because my, my kids are my business too. Uh, so I, I really want that for the entire system, and I think it's been awesome to bring that role of parent and kind of seeing things through the lens of a parent uh, just as my kids begin the Lee County School District experience literally next week. You and a lot of other families will be ready mm-hmm. to go through that in, in just a few days. Um, for the staff, all the teachers, all the support personnel, the administrators, you know, again, same kind of question, what should they expect from you? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a really tough job out there. There are no small roles in our district. Every single role contributes dramatically to the work. And it is hard. It's hard work. Uh, so I think what they can expect from me is someone who's been in all the different levels of schools, who's been at the district level, who's been at the state level, that there's an awareness of just what, what their roles are like and what are some of the challenges that they face. And so what they should expect of me is to try to help make that better for them. Uh, That's really my obligation every single day to try to make it better for the people who are doing that important service-oriented work. And for our community, that's another large part of the job as superintendent, reaching out, making connections. You know, what do you look to from them? What should they expect from you? Well, at the end of the day, our community is who elects our school district uh, board. And so they really are designed to try to hear and, and take that input from the community. And to, to call us one community, while we are one big community, there's so many different perspectives within that community. So it's so important for me in my role to balance all those competing needs. Not one group, not allow one group to necessarily carry the day, but to really respect the mantle of this office and the privilege that it is to be a part of this governance team, that we do serve our entire community 
and that's the vocal parts of our community, the less vocal parts, um, whether it's our retirees, whether it's school-aged families, whether it's our business leaders, it's all part of our community, and I take that privilege very seriously, uh, and it's a tremendous opportunity uh, to serve the entire community. So I think they can expect that I will always try to ask those questions to get at the root of you know, the various perspectives that are out there, uh, not necessarily just, just some aspects of the community. All right, so let's get to know Dr. Ken Savage. Okay. You grew up here. This is home, and it's why you're here. So tell us about those, you know, formative years in your life. Yeah, so, Rob, that's a big part of why I decided to, to even apply for this job is because this is my home. You know, I'm, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, originally, um, and that was where I was very young. But I, I was in elementary school here, middle school, high school. Uh, I didn't ever teach in Lee County, but I did come back here when I began my administrative career as well. So I've been in Lee County for the vast majority of my life. And it's a real privilege to be in this chief servant officer um, while also uh, it being my hometown. Uh, it's pretty much the greatest privilege of my entire life. It's right up there with marrying my wife and, and the birth of my children is to be able to serve my home in this way. And I think maybe, you know, after I became a parent, you really have an appreciation that your home, uh, where you call home, is a big deal. Um, and so I think that's been a big part of it for me is just an appreciation for the privilege that this is uh, and that every, you know, all the people that I know, I mean, I've had, I can't tell you how many former students, former staff, um, you know, and all my colleagues who I came up the ranks administratively with. One of the things you, you learn in leadership is that, you know, it's a network. You're constantly working with other leaders and, and over the years, you look out and you realize, boy, I, I know people all over this district. I've worked with people all over this district. So while we are a big city, uh, and in some ways we're still very much a small town, uh, and in our school community, uh, it's a it's remarkable to me how connected I feel with so many of the people that are out there, uh, former former colleagues and, and current colleagues, how engaged we all are together, that I'm here for them, I'm here to serve them as well. So how was that journey? What was your journey that brought you back to superintendent, you know, your educational career and why you're here? Mm -hmm. Well, I started out as a teacher, but I really never thought about being a teacher forever. I, I was a, a teacher in Gainesville, and um, and I was really doing it because I thought, oh, I'd, I'd uh, loved film, and I I'd actually did some film undergraduate work as well. And so I thought I'd be kind of a, a movie person, maybe direct films and things like that. And so teaching was really just a job, you know, to start off with. And over the years, uh, I worked in a bunch of different kinds of schools, but I eventually worked at an inner city school in Jacksonville. And it was actually while I was in law school. And during that experience, I, I was face-to-face uh, -face with abject poverty. I was working with kids who were just like me, who came from, you know, families uh, just in a, in a different zip code than, than the kind of privilege that I grew up with. And unfortunately, they were really tough conditions in that school. You know, they didn't have teachers in a lot of their classrooms. There was a lot of subs or vacancies. And uh, for the first time, I really understood how much poverty had an impact on the quality of an education that children often receive. And so from that moment forward, I, I knew that I had to be a part of that solution. I didn't necessarily know what role. I certainly did not anticipate superintendent, um, not even principal or anything like that. But I knew that my life's work was going to be about trying to make this world a better place and impacting social justice to ensure that children who were born just like I was would have every privilege to dream, to achieve whatever it is that they wanted to do in life, and that I could be a part of that. Where else do you bring people from so many different walks of life together? And our K-12 system is that opportunity. Uh, so, so that was really what kind of got me going. 
And then from that point forward, every step along the way was just a journey, uh, whether it was working at Cypress Middle as an assistant principal and um, families there or going to Dunbar High School, being a part of that uh, successful turnaround work and sustaining that work, to Veterans Park um, and then to James Stevens, uh, to the state level and then uh, serving as a chief. All the things that I've done through my career, they've added a lot of experience and just an understanding of the complexity of the challenge. Uh, so it, it really brought me to to where I am today. I've heard you tell the story that fits into what you were just describing of, of somebody telling you, you know, you got to walk the walk instead of just talk the talk. And that really drove you to do some of the leadership roles in schools that you took on. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, if you're a smart person and you're ambitious, you know, you can you can learn how to interview. You can learn how to do all those things. But where you really have a better understanding of just how hard things are is when you you try to walk that experience, when you really live it. And I think it also just, it changes you the way that all your life experiences do. And so for me, going through all the things that I did, um, they humbled me. And I think that's the biggest piece is that, you know, it's always, you don't know what you don't know. And so every opportunity I've had has taught me so much more about what I didn't know and how much room I still had to grow. Um, but it also kind of further cemented my purpose, you know, that as I learned and as I'd unpack more understanding about myself, it teaches me how to be a better servant. And I think that for me, you know, when I, you know, pass the baton for the final time out of here or in, in, in life, you know, when I retire, um, that I just want to be able to look back and know that I, I, I challenged myself to grow the best I could so I can be a better servant to others, better example to my kids, better husband to my wife. Um, better sibling to my brothers and a better son to my parents. Now, a pretty uh, remarkable accomplishment, I would say, Lee County Principal of the Year, but also Florida Principal of the Year for turning around James Stevens and, and really getting that school on a whole different track. Yes, that, that was a probably one of the most um, transformational experiences of my whole life. And, and certainly it was a really positive impact for for our school community here and for the community that we served. But the thing that I loved most about it really was truly being a part of a team where every single person on that team contributed something of immeasurable value and that all of us working together were able to achieve something pretty much unprecedented. Um, and, and while there have been a few great turnaround examples in the state and, and locally even, for me personally, what a tremendous privilege it was to work with some just amazing people and, and I think all of us would look back on that time uh, together, and some of those folks are still doing that work, and recognize, wow, this was a pretty much one of the most amazing experiences any of us have had, and we did it together. So that award, in some ways, helped lead you to the State Department of Education. You, did, you were there for a year, mm -hmm. and then you came back as a, the chief of operations, and mm -hmm. that's a critical part to the school district. I imagine from being principal to operations, you saw a whole new side of what's going on day to day. Yeah, the, the operations role here uh, was really just a big need in the organization. They'd had a lot of people move through that office, um, and it had been vacant uh, for quite some time as well. But, but there, you know, it really is indicative of all the roles that our district serves. There are so many moving parts uh, that have to come together to allow students to be educated every day, for our staff to be well-supported. It's remarkably complex in terms of how all those things come together. So just having a window, not just into the operations area, but really how the district apparatus itself comes together, um, you know, because you have to know how the how all the, the budgetary constraints work within that, how all the financial pieces move. You have to know how the, all the labor implications and from a human resource standpoint, there's so much to it. And being in that chief role, specifically in operations, gives you a great 
sense of how all of it comes together. It also introduced me to things that I really didn't have much background with, with municipal planning, as well as construction and maintenance. Those are areas where, you know, you just really realize there's so much more to learn. So I learned a great deal on those pieces, but probably the thing that impacted me the most was just understanding really how the governance team works here, um, how the actual, uh, the, the, the superintendent role, how that, how that person works at the board members, how we as a team work to support the superintendent role. Those are the things that I really um, learned the most about, uh, even more so. And one of the things you've already talked about, your family. This is like the family business, not just education, but Lee County education. So explain some of the roles that your family members have and how does that shape the decisions you want to make and the way you look at the job? Uh, That's a great question, yeah. So I would start with my kids, okay, because they are now consumers and participants in the system. You know, they'll they'll be going through at the entry point um, next year, and I think that uh, this year, rather. And um, so that's the first role that's probably the most important. But the second one is that all of my family, my brothers, um, their wives, with the exception of just one, my youngest brother's wife, she's the only non-educator. Every single one of them have been a teacher in our system. Um, they have, they've had various different jobs, whether it's math, language arts, elementary education. Uh, they've all had powerful contributions in the classroom. And, and I would say that, that all of them probably were better teachers than I was all of them. And so I think that that's important because I didn't think I was a bad teacher. I thought I was a pretty decent teacher, but now I look back and think, holy cow, you know, I think I'm probably a better administrator than I was as a teacher. And I think it's partially because I respect teachers so much because their jobs are so difficult. Um, And so all of my family kind of had that initial impact. The other thing that they did was they were good at it. You know, they were able to move the, the, the needle with children. So it wasn't just that they showed up every day. It was that they took on, you know, areas that, that sometimes folks don't necessarily want to teach. And they were able to really add a lot of value to, to children every single day. And they're passionate about not just, you know, sharing their passion for their subject area, but really helping kids actually learn it. Um, setting a professional example with others, whether it was as department heads, um, you know, helping to lead teams of teachers. And then eventually, um, my wife and my brother, you know, became district leaders here. Uh, one of my brothers and my wife, uh, they're, you know, my wife's with you know, English language arts and my brother, uh, Frank, is with math. So, you know, when you think about math and language arts in the school district, that's pretty big. And they're both currently over the secondary uh, level. So grade six through 12, they are coordinators. So they're helping to produce uh, with their teams of great people, content that, that teachers can use every day, uh, plans to help them help guide their work, to provide that support system for teachers all across our district. And uh, they do that because they're just servants as well. They just serve from a different capacity in a, in a passionate content area. And then Philip, my youngest brother, um, he's still a teacher out in the schools. And he's over at Dunbar High, and um, he's very passionate also about upper-level math. He's really passionate about math team, taking not just, you know, kids who've struggled with math and helping them achieve, but also taking students who've always been far, far ahead mathematically and helping them achieve kind of unprecedented heights to, to compete not just statewide but nationally. Uh, so I have to put a plug in there. You know, Dunbar High just uh, finished seventh in the nation in their math team. So it's a pretty amazing achievement. And it's just indicative of it's the highest ever in Lee County that a Title I school has achieved. And um, it's no surprise to me that that's like the fruit of the work that he has with the kids. None to me either. He taught my uh, kids in sixth grade math. I was not helping with homework. <laughs> so I, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's a good teacher. <laughs> 
Um, let's talk about what you've been doing uh, in your role as superintendent. And that's been meeting with the principals. You're really trying to understand what's happening at the school level and how you can serve them. The word you used, you're a servant. So what, what are you getting out of those meetings and why did you decide to do that? Well, you know, one of the things you, you ask yourself is when you, what can you really achieve during interim time period? And I think one of the most important things you can do is just to, to listen to people, to meet with them, to take the time uh, to show them how important they are. And I think for me, yeah, I'd love to meet with every single child in the district. I'd love to meet with every single family, every single teacher, every single support staff person. But the reality is there isn't going to be time to do that. And so I really asked myself, who could I meet with that really best exemplifies um, what we're here to do to serve? And I thought school principals, because every day they have to have children walk into their building and they have to somehow put kids first at the forefront of every decision they make, not allow the politics or any of those things. Just think about kids and how, to, how they can be the centerpiece of our work. But they also have to support their staff. They have to create conditions that people want to come to work every day. They have to challenge them. They have to support them. Principals have that piece. And it's a very thankless job at times because you can't be all things to all people and you can't even try. And so principals are uniquely uh, positioned to understand that very difficult dilemma of balancing all those needs. And so for me, who better than to start with every single principal in our district to sit down and talk to them and ask them what's working, how can we be better, and then get some information about their kind of long-term goals as well. Um, so I think those were the key leaders. You know, the next group of leaders that I'm meeting with um, over the next few months is um, assistant principals as well as district leaders to kind of replicate that same piece. But I wanted to start with principals because I wanted them to know our schools are first and they are really the mayors of their schools. Uh, so, so that's why it went first. And I'll tell you, that it's been probably one of the most enjoyable parts of the job, just sitting there with, with people um, who are doing that really tough work every single day. And, and I'm not so far removed from it. I think that's, I kind of wanted to keep that mindset still. And so it was very affirming to meet with the principals and hear that, you know, some of these things were really on the right track. What else has had your focus? You know, what, what surprised you maybe when you took the, the job of superintendent? And what has not surprised you and you knew you were going to be looking at? Well, I think part of it is just the the balancing of the time. You know, I you know when you're when you're trying to become a superintendent, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to have a, a big impact on on the whole system. You know, I'm going to really try to help make it better for everybody. And what you find is that you really don't have the time to spend with all the people that you'd like. Uh, it's just time is really the most valuable commodity. And so I've used every bit of my time. I work seven days a week, and I and I work on the weekends. I work into the well, into the late, late hours, and that's with phone calls. That's just with, with just work. It, it's just the nature of, of the job. Um, and I think I kind of knew that it would be very busy, but I think it's even probably more so um, than, than what I could have expected. And, and as a result, the, the people that it's really hardest on, it's not really me because it's, it's, it's invigorating to me to have this kind of challenge, but it's, it's really hard on your family. Uh, you know, my wife has had to really pick up a lot more with our family and and you know and I really embrace the time with my kids every time I can um, help them um, it's really a pretty awesome thing uh, because uh, you know that my kids are like me they love to cuddle <laughs> so my 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 uh, daughter and my son they their number one thing they like to do with me at the house is just cuddle together and so they're my my little cuddlers and so that's kind of the thing that whenever I've had a really long day I just spend a little bit of time cuddling with them on the couch and then that's the thing that kind of gets me fired right back up again and then I can go do some more work so yeah, helps you reset it does reminds you of your priorities because I imagine there is no last decision there's always the next decision there's always an issue coming before you it, it's never ending 
you're absolutely right, Rob. I mean, that's, that's one thing is, is it's a dynamic challenge. It's like a living, evolving puzzle piece every single day. And I think that's a big part of making sure that you have really great people all around you. And, you know, fortunately, Dr. Atkins had assembled a lot of really great people. And I think we, just by virtue of the complexity of this organization, you have a lot of really uh, good people with specialized skills and, and special roles. And so allowing those people to do their good work while at the same time constantly trying to challenge everyone to be as service-oriented as we possibly can. You can really never be, you're, you're never really arrived. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like I kind of live by the motto of continuous improvement, that you're never you're never done. It's like an evolving work of art. And so you kind of encourage everyone else to be the same, keep pushing themselves to be the best that they can possibly be. So you have a plan to try to get out to visit every school. Um, ambitious, but I'm sure worthwhile. What do you think you'll get from that? What are you looking for? Yeah, I'm calling that the listing tour. So it started with the principals back in, in you know, the, the second week in the job. And I think the, the most important reason of going out to all the schools is because it, it's so important to be present to get out there and actually see people, not just what they say, not just survey them, but to actually be with them. So the people know I'm here for you. That's why I'm here. And I want to see your faces. I want to, you know, see our custodians. I want to see our paraprofessionals. I want to see our teachers. I want to see our kids. I want to see their families. I want to see the the look on everyone's face because the reality is coming off of a pandemic, um, which again is still, we're still in it. Um, but, but coming off of a time where, you know, we were all masked up and it was mandatory and all those kinds of things, being able to see people's faces and see, unfortunately, some of the stress and, and trauma that people have had to endure, I think it's just so important to reconnect with each other. Um, and so I think that's something that getting out to those schools, you'll really know, I, I feel like I'll know and be able to bring some of that feedback and the feeling, the mood, the culture back to our board to help them understand where we're at right now as a school community. Yeah, because last year was so challenging. What are the challenges you see ahead as we sort of return back to normal, if you will? Well, just as you said earlier, the challenges are new every day. I mean, we, you know, we were, here we were as soon as the vaccines came out in record time, multiple vaccines and all with great uh, efficacy rates. I mean, everything was working very, very well. And then, of course, you have variants, you know, like the Delta variant, super contagious, you know, and stuff like that. And so I think those challenges are they're not going to stop. They're going to keep happening. So I think we just have to be true to our principles and our values of, of, you know, how we make decisions. What are they based on? Because every time you have tough decisions to make, it's really kind of you have to fall back on what are the principles we're using, the guiding principles to kind of help us know how, how to make those tough decisions. And that's every single day. Um, so for me, you know, it's, it's a matter of kind of being true to who you are and, and challenging everyone else to be the same, but that also just remembering who we're here to serve and that we do serve a community uh, and that it's really important to understand our community as well and to keep that at the forefront as well. So, you know, put interim in front of your title as superintendent. You're effectively superintendent. There is no interim, but the time is limited to some degree. There is a search going to get started for a full-time superintendent. So when that day comes, do you hand the torch over to the next person, whether it's six months, three months, 12 months? How do you want your time as superintendent to be remembered? What do you want to have, to have accomplished? Well, you know, like Dr. Atkins, when he started out, because he and I spoke about this, you know, he started off as an interim, you know, and he said, you know, for the first couple months, he had no interest in anything beyond that. And then all of a sudden he kind of decided, you know what, maybe this is something that, that may be interesting in a permanent situation. I think, I think the difference in, in my mind is I always kind of look at, at things in kind of an interim capacity. It's, it's one day at a time. So for me, you know, whether I was in this for three months or 30 years, uh, really the mission is still the mission. And, and my hope is that 
no matter what the time period would be, that I would approach it the same way every single day. And that is to keep that service-oriented mindset to ensure that, you know, what, what we're going to do is take the issues that are in front of us and operate, you know, to try to make this district better for the next day, for the next year. And I think for me, when I kind of embarked on this journey, my thought process was, I just felt like we had some work to do to, to get us to a point where we'd be ready, where we could attract the best possible candidate, whether that was someone internal, whether that was a national search. Um, it's just so important. I get to work with people all across the country and I do um, professional development and work with leaders across the whole country. So I get a chance to meet superintendents and, and high level executive leaders across the, the, the United States. And, you know, some of these folks out there are very impressive and so I think it's really important if, if we as a district want to try to attract the best of the best, or if, you know, even someone internal wants to try to go after and do this work, that we make this place ready for any of those folks. Uh, it just, it needs to be, we, we just need to take a few steps in my mind to, to get us to that point. And I think once we're at that point, uh, and, and I think that our, our board, you know, meetings reflect it, you know, where we're, we're really, you know, modeling the type of professionalism uh, every single day as a group. There's a governance team, you know, that we're really there for, for our children. We're there for our staff. And then I think anyone who's applying for the job would, would, be, would say, hey, this is the kind of place I want to be if that's someone who isn't from here. And if it's people who do live here, then similar to how it motivated to me that this is my home and there's that tremendous passion for my home and I want it to be the best and we deserve the best, um, then I think that, that either way, you know, we're setting it off better than it was today and, and, and hopefully it'll be better tomorrow than it was today. That's the plan. That's the journey we're on. Dr. Savage, we appreciate you coming in and being back uh, as we start up the podcast again. I understand we'll probably see you as a guest host. Oh, I can't wait. I, I, that's, that's one thing, you know, Rob, just to, to say is that, you know, while, while right now the attention is on me and I'm in this particular role, really the heroes every day are, are all the other people that are out there, whether it's those families just, just supporting us in the ways they do, whether it's our frontline workers. This is about everyone else, our leaders here, everybody who, who makes this place go. And so, you know, I kind of like the attention to be on some of those, you know, heroes who, who don't always get noticed. And so, you know, my hope is that I will get a chance to host at least a few more shows where I can sit in your chair and maybe uh, talk to some of these great heroes out there and allow them to shine and, and kind of tell their story of how they are serving the district every day. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Well, we look forward to it. Thank you, Dr. Ken Savage, Superintendent of Lee County Schools, being with us. And we stand by for the next edition coming soon of the Lee Schools TV podcast. Have a great day.